happy Tuesday. You are listening to Real Talk with Karen Stacy live on MiamiMikeRadio.com. And I believe that tonight we had George Cali. I always say his name wrong. Calais. I'm sorry. I, George, I apologize. I don't know why I say it that way, but we all know my accent stinks, right? Um, so, uh, you know, I happen to love George very much as I love all the DJs on the station, but today uh, was he was on for the first time, so welcome. Uh, we enjoyed having you on this evening, and uh, happy Tuesday. Here we are, and um, uh, you're listening to Real Talk. So tonight is going to be a very interesting evening. So I have two guests tonight that are... Um, <clears throat> Well, let me, I'll introduce each of them and then I'll, I'm going to start with my little, uh, my, my disclaimer. <laughs> so sitting right beside me is Dr. Von Bauman. Did I say it right? Bowman. Bowman. See, mm -hmm. I screwed it up. See, <laughs> George, don't feel bad. I said your name wrong. I screwed his up and I just met him. <laughs> and then we got Frank. Mar How do I say last name? Marziliano. Marziliano. See, I would have screwed that up too. So uh, he's just Frank. So I, you know, I, I don't, I'm, I'm bad with that. So don't quiz me on that. So um, I, we will, I will introduce them. They will introduce themselves in a few moments. But I just want to start the show off with a disclosure that this is an open discussion about sensitive topics. I always say we can agree to disagree, but must all respect the information that we receive. So some things we discussed today may be considered to be quote unquote controversial as today's guests and topics approach things from a different perspective. No one is right. No one is wrong. So let's all just keep in mind that we have an open mind. Um, and I will say that I will remain as neutral as I can, and I always try to play devil's advocates on what the norm may say. So why am I saying this, and are my two guests looking at me like I'm crazy right now? Um, the reason why I'm saying this is because I have a doctor sitting beside me, um, and you are a naturopath. Correct. Okay, and I have a massage therapist sitting to the left of me. As well, so the reason why I say <clears throat> that it may be a little controversial is that um, this is going to present to you an alternative way of thinking, right, and of health. So not everyone shares these views, and that's okay. But um, I want you to be open-minded because you are going to learn something this evening, and it's not always easy to bring things like this uh, to light and to the surface because everybody is, not everybody, a lot of people see things one-dimensional and they only know what they know and therefore that's their truth. So it isn't always the case and this is just going to show you another side to things. Is that a fair thing for me to say? Did, I think so. Yes. Okay, so like I didn't like lose you both, right? No. You know, I no. hope when I read that you weren't like, oh Jesus Christ, what are we in for? <laughs> no, I say it's real talk because it's real talk. I don't throw anybody under a bus. It's just a matter that we're going to keep it real. And people, like I said, we can all agree to disagree. And um, it's my job sitting here to kind of 
go back and forth and you know and I try to be the 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 elephant in the room that's that's chiming in so that's my my uh purpose if you will so let's start off with introducing your you know, that I'm going to screw up your name again Dr. Von Bowman there you go see Perfect. look at that I'm good <laughs> um now tell us about you what kind of a doctor are you uh, as a naturopathic physician, I specialize in all things holistic or alternative medicine. Which means what? So basically, uh, it's four years of med school and two years of preceptorship, which gets you a, a chance to use, instead of pharmaceuticals, nutraceuticals, things like um, herbal medicine, everything from homeopathic medicine, lifestyle counseling, nutrition, you name it. And okay. Except pharmaceuticals. Okay, so, are, so you... So, okay, so when, like, so you're not a conventional doctor. It's not, you don't do modern medicine. Uh, correct. Oh. It's not to say that we won't do some of that. But the majority of the time, we're more interested in finding underlying causes for things, ailments, etc., rather than just suppressing symptoms. So you integrate. Yes. Okay. Um, and now, Frank, you are, you do massage therapy. Correct. Now, what? Where does that lie in 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 the health and well being of people? What, what? Why does someone want to? Why would someone look into massage therapy? Some people look at it as an alternative. Some people look at it more as a natural way to go. Alternative to what? To popping a pill, to pharmaceuticals, to you know. For pain management, you for mean? For pain management. Okay. Correct. Okay. So. And um, what, so, and, and you do that with, um, through a massage? Correct. But okay. it's not just hands-on massage. They use heat, various other machines, you know, to, not necessarily stimulators, but there's something called a beamer, which is more of a uh, magnetic field type oh, okay. you know, uh, device to a lot of hospitals and physical therapists are using magnet see now i have um a dear friend that does um the emotional code and um the the body code and when they it's a, it's like a soul to soul type of thing and when she finds these different um blockages if you will in the person she uses a magnet to release it she asks the soul the body if it's okay and if it's ready to release it and she uses a magnet and she goes either over the head or on the back of the spine mm -hmm. and it releases that energy so it's interesting with the magnet because i guess that that's a conductor of of energy of energy correct ah, that's interesting so you find that people get pain relief from that yes the thing about this particular device though and we'll get into it later is something that you know, as little as 20 minutes a day if you were to own one and use it, you know, daily, uh -huh. you will get, you know, long-term relief. Really? Oh, so yeah. it's something that you could do at home on your own. Right. It, it's just not your standard. It's not a, an ultrasonic machine. It's not a stimulator. This is a relatively expensive device used by world-class athletes develop in Germany uh, I have a pamphlet here that you know we can go over later what do, well we might as well do it now while we're talking about it what so what does the magnet do 
basically it's a mat that you lie on. Okay. Okay, and it comes with a power pack that you can run direct or you can use it as with a battery. And it's got two other adapters that you can use like on your knee for specific work. Or okay. you can wrap, you know, your quad, your thigh, or whatever. But what does the magnet do? It works on an ultrasonic, I'm sorry, it works on a magnetic field, basically. Same principles on MRI. It'll go on, it'll go off, and it's just increasing blood flow. The key to any okay. type of injury or healing is creating positive blood flow. So it increases blood flow throughout your whole body. Okay. So now, Dr. Bowman... <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna screw this up a hundred times tonight. What is, what do you do you now we if I'm not mistaken, you both work same together, office. right? Yeah, in the office same space. office. Correct. So how does how do you guys bounce off of each other? How does it work in that respect? Like how do you feel about the magnet? What what do you feel the well, magnet does? I've actually experienced it firsthand and I think it does a really good job of increasing microvascular circulation. So basically what that means is all those small, tiny vessels, it's, uh -huh. it's increasing blood flow, oxygen, nutrients to those parts of the body. So when okay. you have trauma or you have injury, like Frank was saying, what you're doing is you're speeding up the healing capacity of the body by giving the body more oxygen and nutrients. Gotcha. And it does work quite nicely. And That's very interesting. Um, when I broke my foot uh, years ago, uh, well, a few years ago, um, I had some machine. Now I'm thinking, I'm wondering, I don't think it was that, but... It, I, you had to use like a, a gel. Mm -hmm. Ultra, uh, yeah, an ultrasound machine. Then, and, and yeah, but like you just put it on and it like zapped you for uh -huh. I don't know whatever amount of time it was. Um, and they said that it helped the bone uh, to rejuvenate, um, to build faster because apparently when you, which I never knew this, when you break a bone um, and you're healing, you, you're you're you over uh, produce bone. Um, and then your body just sheds whatever it doesn't need was what I was told. I don't know if I'm, I'm not correct, but that was what I had been told. And so it was very interesting because that was supposed to help, uh, heal and, and to make the bone repair faster. So I guess it's like not the same thing, but kind of sort of similar, right? Right. There's a lot of devices out there that will increase circulation. There's interferential, there's the ultrasound, there's the beamer. There's, there's a lot of similar, not the same technology, but similar in theory. Yeah, and it's amazing that you can, that, you know, I mean, like now, of course, technology, right? I mean, the people are getting dumber, but all the electronics are getting smarter, <laughs> right? We got smartphones and dumb people, but hopefully in this respect, it can help the body to actually heal itself as opposed to just, um, you know, uh, masking the issues, right? And, and the symptoms. Correct. Um, so now Frank, just, you know, under, you know, I understand that in New York, there is, um, only one option, which is like a clinical massage therapy. And that's what, like a two year it's thing. A, it's a two year course. Okay. Yeah. The difference between it's called, uh, the clinical, uh, clinical package. Or, right. Okay. So it's 24 months as opposed to 20 months. Okay. And it's basically the same schooling that I've received in 20 months with an additional 500 hours. Okay. Okay. And so that certifies you to do what? To work in New York, and it's recognized. Uh, that particular program is recognized in 
most states. Right. Like 48 out of 50 or something like that. Okay, so what type of massages do you do? Primarily deep tissue and sports massage. So what's the benefit of deep tissue? Well, if you have chronic pain, something stubborn or an old injury, you know, I heard the old cliche, no pain, no gain. Yep. Well, you know, when you get through, when you encounter these type of injuries and, mm -hmm. and type of issues, it's like breaking through a block of ice. Uh -huh. You've got to go through layer at a time to get to the root. Most people say, well, I had a massage before. I had a sports massage before. But the key is consistency. You're not going to undo decades of abuse or, or injuries and one or two visits. Well, I happen to... So t deep tissue it gets in there, right? <laughs> and there are a lot of people that are like, oh, I don't... Oh, he hurt me. Oh, I don't like that. I usually would go to a man because men's hands are stronger. Not that women don't have strong hands, but... I've been to women that were fabulous too, but a lot of times men are a little bit stronger. You could like use a hammer to chisel at the tension that I have in my body. So I need that. And I need that deep, deep tissue because some people's bodies are more um, uh, stubborn, right? I, I guess would be the right word than others, right? So, you know, if I have somebody and they're just kind of like, you know, kneading or whatever, it feels good, great, but, you know, I'm like afterwards, I'm like, yeah, okay, didn't really do anything, you know, like I didn't feel anything. So I guess that everybody's different because I'm sure you have people that can't tolerate that, right? And they just want like, let's say a Swedish massage because they don't like the way um, a deep tissue feels, right? I mean, that's definitely more for someone that's athletic, that that's killing their body on a daily basis, right? And they need that, um, they need to work through it, correct? Yeah, but it's just like, you don't have to be an athlete to get a sports massage. Oh, yeah, of course. Like there's people who have old injuries or just very, very stressed, you know. Quite honestly, I can count the number of, uh, even through, you know, two years <laughs> of schooling, the amount of little sweetest massages I've done because... I just don't feel that I can unlock my p full potential unless I'm getting something done. I got to feel like I've accomplished something. Sure. And so what other massages do you do besides that? Prenatal massage. Now, what is the benefit of a prenatal massage? Well, any woman who's, you know, past her first trimester is going to start to show. Is miserable. <laughs> right. Their hips are going to hurt. Their backs are going to hurt. Right. Their necks are going to hurt. So, right. You know... You have to uh, approach, you can still do a deep tissue prenatal massage, either doing it sidelines or there's a special apparatus that I have to cradle the belly and cradle yeah. the breast. And, you know, you can still get comfortable. Gotcha. What would you, I would just, if I would have known that when I was pregnant, I would have just gone and laid in that. Because, I mean, anybody that's been pregnant is freaking miserable. And, right. uh, well, I'm sorry. There are a lot of people that loved being pregnant. And I was not one of those people. I mean, not like in a bad way, but like, I mean, I loved being pregnant because I um, I was blessed to have my child, right. but it didn't feel good at all. There was not one part of that that everybody thought was so enjoyable. I'm like, oh, I love being pregnant. I'm like, you do? What's wrong with me? Every time I went in the doctor's office, I was like, 
Is, is it coming out yet? yet? <laughs> is it done yet? And they're like, no, Karen, you have another four weeks. I'm like, no, get him out. And it was, you know, it's crazy. So I would just lay in that thing. So, uh, you know, that's just me. Um, okay, so what other, uh, what else besides prenatal? And there's something called, uh, what I call as a deep Swedish. Okay. You know, which is Swedish, but a little bit more firmer. Okay. And I incorporate stretching in all of, oh, okay. all, of all of my work for the simple reason. I learned this through my mom's old uh, pain management doctor. He saw me studying one day, and he called me in his office, little Korean fellow, and with his accent and all, says, you know, when you study massage, he says, there's one thing to get the body to relax, but you got to get it to move. Right. So, you know, I took that up, you know, as well. So I do a lot of deep stretching, especially the trunk, neck, shoulders. Okay. And then myofascial release, which is some people call it compression massage, where if there's an area or certain areas where it's just really, really stubborn, basically what you're doing is you're using both hands or two fists or an elbow or whatever, and you're holding it for 30 to 90 seconds without letting up. Well, isn't fascia, I had uh, somebody on a couple of weeks ago, Mary, um, and she does, um, she has a, a business called Without a Slice. And she does all non-surgical, you know, how how would you call it, non-surgical treatments to, you know, enhance, let's say, uh, you know, cellulite, um, you know, belly fat, you know, uh, non-surgical facelifts and such. So I studied a little bit about fascia and fascia is, that's what people call cellulite, right? Fascia is the... What I mean, what is what would you call that? Because I've heard there's no such word as like cellulite doesn't isn't actually a word, right? So I was told it was fascia, and that releases. What the hell happened? We got booted off. <laughs> All right. Well, you guys are listening. What happened here? There was an error publishing your live video. Please check. That was weird. We got kicked off of Facebook Live. Okay, what happened? Well, you guys are listening to Real Talk with Karen Stacy live on MiamiMikeRadio.com. And for some reason, we just got booted off <laughs> of Facebook Live, um, which is very strange. And um, I am going to try and get back on here. Um, and talk at the same time. All right. Um, what happened here? Nobody loves me today. What happened? We had too much information going on here. That's what happened. Mm -hmm. And, uh, okay. I don't know what's happening here. Uh, and I can't see to type in. All right, you know what, let's just get back on, and then we'll worry about the rest of it. Let's see what goes on here. What happened? They booted us off. Boo. Maybe we were too controversial. Boo, yeah, right. That wasn't even, what does that say? What does all that say? Changed from preview to live. Facebook did not receive video. What's happening here? They don't like me. They don't like us today? What happened? <laughs> All right. Let's let everybody find us again. I apologize for that. 
All right, so I was asking you guys about fascia, and the doctor gave rolled his eyes a little bit. <laughs> so talk to me and tell me what I, where am I wrong? What am I saying that's not right? Well, fascia is a connective tissue, this white thin membrane that connects every single muscle spindle cell or fiber together. Okay. So when you have a piece of chicken, that little white membrane that you yeah, have to yeah, pull yeah. off the meat, yeah. that is fascia. Ugh. And that connects every single muscle spindle fiber in your body together uh. into a bundle and into a group and into an actual muscle. Okay. And then they all connect, that fascia all connects together into the back of the spine, up through the spinal cord. So when you say fascia and cellulite, those two are different things. Okay. Okay. Yeah. All right. Good. Fair enough. I, I, like I said, I, I wasn't, you know. I'm, sure. No problem. <clears throat> I am not a doctor. I only play one on the radio. Beautiful. <laughs> <laughs> and, and, and <clears throat> when I'm mom, <clears throat> I'm sorry, I'm actually, I think allergy something. I've been fighting a little something myself. I've been, um, taking care of myself and actually my son was homesick since, uh, Sunday um, so my, I've been, uh, nurse, uh, nurse Karen to the rescue. <laughs> um, okay. So now you, Frank, you've explained to us, um, we, you know, just, if you guys are just now tuning in, I'm sorry, something happened on my Facebook live and we lost everybody. If you guys could please share the video so that everybody knows where we are, it would be greatly appreciated. Um, I don't know, Facebook didn't like me and it said something like, screw you, you're off. <laughs> I mean, sometimes like the video itself goes off, but it still keeps going. Like it gets fuzzy on our end, but it's still going. This time they just said, screw you, you're out. So, um, we're back. You know, I won't take no for an answer. So, um, if you guys could share the video so everybody could find us, that would be great because everybody was probably like, wait a minute, we were watching and what the hell happened? Where'd they go? So... My guests this evening are um, Frank and Dr. Vaughn Bowman, Bowman, which I keep screwing up. <laughs> I'm right. just calling him Doc. That's it. That's all I'm doing That's from easy. this That's point. Fine. That's easier. Um, and so um, we, my doctor here is a naturopath, and then we have a uh, massage therapist as well, and they work in an office together. Um, symbiotically, right? If that's a word. Is symbiotically a word or is it symbiotic? Symbiotic. Symbiotic. See, I make up my own words, but didn't that sound good? I it knew sounded, exactly what you meant. It sounded like it and was I really... I else did too. I, it sounded like it was a real word. That was a canonized <laughs> word. Uh, that's what I'm saying. I say it with conviction. If you say it with conviction, it's got to be that's true. That's right. True. And if you hear it on Facebook, it's got to be true. So it, it had to be the right word. No fake news here. <laughs> no, we don't do that. Um... Okay, so now, what, so you, you talked a little bit, Doc, about natural path and, and all of the components that go with that. So, you know, why would someone, so, you know, people that are watching right now, maybe they're, um, you know, modern medicine type of people, if you will, right, which that's fine. Um, what, what, why would they, what would they, if, if they're listening to this right now and they're saying, you know, I heard about that natural path, homeopathic something. <laughs> what is it? You know, I'm curious. What is it? So, you know, for those people that are like, yeah, who the hell are you? What, you know, what would you say to that? 
Good question, because I get, and I get that question almost daily. I'm sure. Um, a naturopath versus a naturopathic physician versus a homeopath. Right, okay. And all three are a little different. Okay. Uh, and that's where it gets confusing. Uh, a naturopath is just a, a, could be a doctor, could be someone that went through four years or two years in some states of, of online training oh. in order to prescribe herbs, etc. Okay. Plants. The difference being a naturopathic physician has went to medical school and done an internship and preceptorship. And then to confuse matters even further, uh -huh. you have a homeopath, uh -huh. um, which again may have went to an online school, may have went to a traditional school to get their homeopathic degree, and that's using like substances to treat like disorders. So for example, if you came to see me with a bee sting, mm -hmm. uh, and mm -hmm. I was a classical homeopath, I might give you bee venom diluted down 5, 10, 100, 1,000 right. times okay. to treat that bee sting. Okay. As a naturopathic physician, that's probably not my first. So what would you do as a naturopathic physician? For a bee sting, I'm probably going to use something topically, uh, arnica gel or something along those lines. But arnica to, is, homeopathic is homeopathic as well. It Listen, I, I, look, you're going to have to tell me to shut up yep. a little bit because, you know, <laughs> I was very excited to have you on the show because I turned into a crazy mama when my son was, I want to say, three years old. Mm -hmm. And I, there's no better, like, they, the CIA should should hire a mother that needs information <laughs> because we are better at obtaining information than the CIA. So nothing, and especially me, my kid, that's it. I was 110% in, and I had to learn as much as I possibly could. Absolutely. Um, no one has more motivation than a mother. Right. right. And and besides that, no one knows their child better than their mother or their father, you know, uh, you know obviously. But, um, it, you know, when I would speak to a doctor, and I would say something, and the doctor would say, well, are you a doctor? And it's like, uh, hello, asshole. You know I'm not a doctor. I'm a mother. But, like, don't talk to me in that, like, be condescending like that because, you know what, what I said to you was right on point. Anyway, right. maybe I wasn't correct. Like, I, you know, I don't use, maybe I don't have the right term. I don't, whatever. But don't, are you a doctor? What do you mean am I a doctor? That's my freaking kid. You know? <laughs> I mean, and I know what I'm seeing right now, and that's not okay. So whatever you want to call it, call it whatever you want to call it, but at least say, you know what? She's in tune. Like, I know my kids so well at this point. I know exactly what's going to happen. So the first couple of years of his life, I trusted the medical field. Um, I was never a, a, a doctor person. I was raised by two hippies. My mom was a dancer. And anything was wrong, you go to the chiropractor. You don't go to the doctor, you go to the chiropractor. Okay. <laughs> That's the doctor. Because if your body is out of alignment, then your whole, you're, you're just screwed. So unless your body is in, how do you feel about, I mean, does chiropractic fit anywhere oh, in your world? Absolutely. It has its place. You bet. Okay. So um, that's how I was raised. And then I had my son and he was fine. And then I won't discuss what I think caused these things to happen at this moment. Um, because it's controversial. So, um, you know, I noticed a decline in his health at a certain point. And I kept listening to the doctor. 
And I know some of the listeners here probably want to shoot themselves because I think they've heard this story before, but you haven't. So I have to tell you why I'm a doctor and play one on the radio. Um, and so, P.S., he was speech delayed. Um, he got, um, he had ear infections uh, once a month, uh, which he was put on an antibiotic every month. And that antibiotic didn't work. So they put him on another antibiotic, which meant he was on two antibiotics in a month. Um, he was on, um, uh, in, in, he was on the nebulizer. He was on, um, uh, one that was supposed to prevent. It was something with the P. I forgot the name of it at the moment. I blocked this out. Then he had the albuterol, which is supposed to, one of them is supposed to be preventative. The other is supposed to open up the lungs. Then he was on four different types of allergy medicine, or maybe it was three. Uh, singular, because that's supposed to be good for asthma. Claritin, because the Singular didn't do enough. And then Zyrtec, because that didn't do enough, right? <laughs> so then, and then, like I said, it was all this stuff. I, it, he was not even three years old. I can remember sitting in the parking lot of Walgreens, and I went, burst into hysterics. And my late husband looked at me and he said, Mama, why are you, what's going on? I said, he's not even three and he's on 10 different medications. How could this happen right. to such a young kid? It doesn't make sense. How could he be this fucked up at this age? Like, you know, I mean, mm -hmm. so granted, you go through life and, you know, you get ailments, things happen, okay. But at three? Right. That's That's scary. So I was listening to the doctors and I would say to the doctor and I said, but is this normal? So then you got to go to the ENT. They got to check for the ears. Oh, it, they want tubes in his ears. They want the, I said, let me get this straight. The kid can't breathe and now you want him to have surgery. So now I got to worry about my kid who has asthma going under the mm. knife. And then I got to worry that maybe his breathing doesn't work or whatever. And the tubes and the this and the that. And I said, you know what? I'm done with this. I'm done with this. And I started doing, like, I, I took away dairy. I took away anything that had dye in it. Um, oh, because that was the other thing. Oh, he had ADHD on top of that, right? So, or he was on the spectrum. So, I took away everything. I took away that. I took away that. I, the sugar, the this, the that. I went like a cuckoo lunatic. My husband wanted to kill me. Because it's not, and, and anybody out there that is listening right now, it's not easy to do that, okay? It's not easy to change an entire life because it's not just your life, it's everybody's life right. that changes at it this point. It affects the whole family. It affects everybody you because bet. my husband loved to eat his ice cream every night. And mm -hmm. I said, if you think you're going to have ice cream in this house when your son can't, you're out of your freaking mind. Right. We're not doing that to him. It's not fair. So obviously I learned alternatives as I went on. And, you know, my in-laws wanted to kill me. They're old school Italian. Oh, let him eat. What do you do? He's fine. So I went through all of it. And I, I went through the process of elimination of all of these different things. Um, and I started the chiropractor. So he was going three times a week initially. And I started to wean him from the medications at that point. And I took him to a different ENT because the first ENT was, didn't even say hello to the kid and told me he was putting tubes in his ears. And I was like, that ain't happening. So when I went to this one, he said, you know, let's take a look and see what goes on. 
I see some bubbles in there. So there's something, they're congested, but I see some bubbles in there. So he put him on another freaking thing. So he was on the steroid. He was on the Nasonex or Nasacort, whatever that thing is, the steroid that goes inside the nose. So I started with the chiropractor. I did all my stuff that I was doing without anybody else's permission. My, my pediatrician was like, you can't take away milk. You have to give him dairy. He has to have that. It's, a, it's, it's not true. Uh, it doesn't produce phlegm. Uh, the body has no reaction to it. Yada, yada, yada. So now you're laughing at everything I'm saying. So interrupt me at any point where am I crazy? No, not at all. Um, and I'm speaking from uh, sacrilege almost because I was born and raised on a dairy farm. Uh, so for me to say it's really odd for one creature to drink milk from another. They always say that. that We're is, the only species that does. Yes, yep. that's very true. But, yep. but beyond that, you know, forget about that for a second. Look at a cow. It has a massive four-chambered stomach. This is a creature that can take grass, burp it up, it's called cud, and rechew that grass. 50, 60 or more times, Whoa. swallow it back again, and turn that into nutrition. Oh, boy. Now, we could we do that? Could we go out there and, and get something <laughs> nutritional on the grass? No, it would, it would kill us eventually. That's right. My dog, my dog, I thought we, was dying because she ate grass, and she was poisoned by it. Mm -hmm. And once we, they realized what the problem was, we were able to fix the problem. But now that you're seeing that, yeah, that's insane. I didn't know that. Right. So... A cow has a four-chamber stomach with far more digestive capacity than we could ever imagine. Okay. So the milk that that animal produces is made for an animal that has incredible digestion. digestion. And ah. the complexity of the proteins and the fats within that product okay. is four times that of human milk. Hmm. Four times. Interesting. And then if you were just drinking raw cow milk right off the farm. Right you would get away with it. Right. It wouldn't cause near the mucus or the congestion. So mm -hmm. what causes the bigger problem is our processing oh, of that milk. Don't get me started ah. on that. So Open first, the Pandora's box. Oh, that's, that's right. all. I'm telling you, I did the disclosure before we started that some people are not going to like what they hear right now. And, you know, this is not the viewpoint of MiamiMikeRadio.com. This yeah. is our viewpoint. <laughs> <laughs> Real talk. So the two things that go awry. First, you have pasteurization, which really just heats the milk up to kill off bacteria, pathogens and, uh, in, inside the milk. Right. In of itself, that's not too bad. It might denature some of the proteins, but more or less, the milk is still intact. Okay. When I homogenize that milk, however, I'm literally changing that product significantly. Uh -huh. Homogenization means I'm putting milk into a several thousand gallon stainless steel vat under pressure and then injecting it with air. Mm. And when I do that, I'm ripping apart these fat molecules, these protein molecules to make them homogeneous. Meaning when I pour my milk in the morning, I get this nice creamy right. fluid substance and right. I don't blow my Cheerios, Fruit Loops, God forbid, all over the table, right? If I grew up on a farm, farmers know this, raw milk separates. So uh -huh. the first thing I have to do in the morning is pour off the fat. Otherwise, I get a blob of fat and my cereal goes flying. Mm. Well, American Dairy Association, in their wisdom, decided let's make this homogeneous. Let's stop throwing away the fat and let's rip it apart so that it can no longer separate. Mm. It makes the product nice and creamy, but our bodies don't recognize those lipids, those fats, those proteins when they've been 
ripped up. Right, but we have to make it look good. Yeah, it's got to look good. It's got to taste good. Yep. Who cares what it does for That's us? it. That's it. <laughs> so Lucky they didn't put any blue dye in it to make it more Don't attractive. Don't give them any ideas. Yeah, I know. That's <laughs> next. Yeah, you know, let's make it blue milk. The kids will love it. Yeah, well, not to mention what? The hormones and everything that are in the as right. well, right? Right. That's a whole other story. So now, when I told my doctor I am I am removing dairy from his his um, uh, diet, and she told me that he needed it, mm-hmm. would you say that you disagree with that statement? Highly. Um, you would get, in terms of bioavailable calcium, you're going to get ten times more from a bowl of dark greens than you will from an eight ounce glass of milk. Now, notice I said the word bioavailable. In other words, what your body can actually digest, assimilate, absorb, in other words, and right. use. It's actually very low because that product is so torn up and unrecognizable to our body. It's busy forming inflammation and irritation in the intestinal lining. It causes allergies. It causes mucus formation. Hello. Did you hear that? It causes mucus formation. So for everybody out there that says that, oh, they just say that. Hello. No, I have it. And he's a doctor. I have it. <laughs> Anybody that's had a glass of milk and just drink a glass of milk, 10, 15 minutes afterwards. <clears throat> like I sound slim. today. Take it from a guy who loves milk out. and cookies. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. But if you if you had raw milk, right. it wouldn't be near as problematic. Right. Well, that's because it doesn't the FDA not regulate raw milk? You can't even in some states sell raw milk. Yeah. Did you I say that? Oh, there we that. go. I started already. <laughs> See? I started with the FDA. That's all... Uh, yeah, at least has to be or should be pasteurized. Unless you know the farm and the, and the producers really well, you know it's clean. Right. There's going to be, not to gross you out, but there's going to be some blood, some pus, some fly parts, and etc. in that milk. Pasteurization kills those products off so that they're not a gastrointestinal threat. Okay. Body. It's the homogenization, however, that really messes things up and makes it indigestible for humans. Okay. So now, okay, so we're debunking my, everybody thought I was crazy. So now let's go, <laughs> like, we'll go down the list. Sure. So, so now that was, I removed the, the dairy. Then I removed anything that had any type of dye in it. Do you feel that there is any correlation between crazy children and dye? You show me a parent that allows their kids to eat a bunch of gummy worms, etc. I mean a bunch, uh-huh. and watch them within an hour, an hour and a half later, and tell me that that parent's not going bananas trying to keep, keep under control. But they're going to say it's because of the sugar. It has mm. nothing to do with the dye. So I could take that same amount of sugar in a fruit source, mm-hmm. and still, still sugar, it's fructose, mm-hmm. but it's natural sugar, mm-hmm. give them the same quantity, same number of grams of sugar, they won't react that way. Mm-hmm. So, um, okay, so I'm, I'm going to go down the list before, see, I, I, I could, I, I'm like ready to explode. I have 67 <laughs> things breathe. I can say. Uh, I got I'm okay. So now that was that. So then, um, the sugar, um, obviously, like you said, processed sugar, right? Yes. No good, right? right? It's an enemy. It's bad for the gut, right? right? Um, <clears throat> what else did I, um, what else did I do here? Sugar, uh, processed foods. I even went with the gluten a little bit at one point, but that is really difficult. Um, but there are some foods that are more glutinous than other foods, right? Yeah. So yeah. it's it's like a you want the healthy 
carbs, if you will, as opposed to just like the white pastas and right. breads and stuff like that, right? Once again, it comes down to uh, processing of our food. Yeah. So the more whole grains you would eat, brown rice, whole grain pasta versus durum or white pasta, the better. Because the whole grain has the enzymes and the germ to help you break down that plant. It's, it's magical. It's, it's really interesting. The way these plants are designed in nature, what is needed to break down that food is already in the plant. And then we want it to look nice, right? So right. we strip that away to make the, the grain white instead of brown. But unfortunately, we stripped away the enzymes and the germ that help you to break that plant down. So now it's indigestible once again, similar to the milk situation. Right. So, I mean, this is the whole thing is that, see... It's amazing that we have clean water and we have, you know, which people don't even realize that most diseases were eradicated because we have clean water, um, because we live in a clean environment. The, um, you know, they want you to think that everything was eradicated because of mankind and there's science behind the fact that most of the things that are eradicated came from clean water. Is that correct? There's truth in that. Yes, absolutely. I mean, there's, you know, obviously there's truth in other things as well. But, you know, it, people don't realize we're not in a third world country. Mm-hmm. So, you know, where we, our environment, you know, and having clean water is like the basis of everything at that point, right? Because they manipulate so much. So now the other thing is, what is your view on genetically modified foods? Oh boy! See, look, uh, I love it. He's gonna. I, 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 I'm gonna. I'm gonna take yeah, him home with I, me. <laughs> obviously, <laughs> not a fan. Obviously, the, the more you play with the food to make it grow faster, to have a higher yield, to be herbicide and pesticide resistant, the more you're damaging the internal structure, the protein structure, et cetera, of that food. And then genetic modification. So when I'm introducing genes from other species into that plant, oh, I'm playing the fire. Russian roulette. Yeah. With our lives. It, it is And unfortunately, terrible. we don't really know what that will cause because we are the, the test dummies at this point. Yeah. Well, no longer because look at other European countries. Every single one... Every major European nation has outlawed GMOs. I know, but the not US us. The U.S. is one of the only countries. Not us. Why might that be? Hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, they <laughs> say, I mean, I've had this argument with people, and they say that the reason is because there's, the population is so great that people need to eat. So, therefore, you have to produce more food at a rapid pace. So, to keep up with the population that um, this is what needs to be done so that people can eat. And that's been debunked, meaning you can do the same thing with whole grains. You can, you can encourage them to grow faster, have a higher yield, etc. You don't have to strip away the nutrient content at the same time. It's because the money, uh-huh. all the money, the money shows you uh, I don't care about its nutrient content. Nope. All I care about is getting my crop to market as fast as possible with the highest amount of yield. Yep. Yep. So, I mean, <clears throat> that, that's the funny part is that I guess that's part of why I did my disclaimer in the beginning of the show, um, stating that, you know, you, you, we can all agree to disagree. And if anybody out there is, is listening, um, you know, you can disagree with everything I'm saying. <clears throat> but, you know, it, it, 
Just because the government says it's good for you or approves it does not necessarily mean it's good for you, right? Because in life, nothing is one size fits all. That is so true. So maybe, like for instance, in my situation, my child reacted to the dye at that point in his life. Right now, he doesn't have that reaction to it any longer, right? But he did at that point. So now, child A standing next to him could have had that and they didn't change their uh, behavior at all. So now, is there something wrong with my child? No. He just reacted differently than person A reacted. So it's not one size fits all. So there are a lot of people that go, oh, yeah, just you got to take the antibiotic or, oh, you got to do this and it'll, you know, you'll be fine. And it's like, you know what? That's true maybe for you, but it may not be true for me or for you or for you. So, you know, that's the thing that people don't realize. And I think that when the government mandates certain things, and they, they are in the process of even in New York taking away more rights at this point um, for people. Um, there's an issue with that because, you know, we're all individuals. And if we all learn the same way, then we'd all go to the same school. You know, if we all process things the same way, then everybody would be the same. But, I mean, you're a doctor. How many people have you met? That are the same. But it's, you bring up a great point, and it's one Thank that I you. bring up with my patients every day. So, in <clears> 22 <throat> years of practice, the one thing that's critically important is as different as you and I appear on the outside, mm -hmm. biochemically, the way our bodies see, handle, and deal with nutrients and food is that different. Yeah. Not one of us is the same. I... Whether it's your liver enzymes, just like your thumbprint, different for every single one of us. So, yep. there's no way that one person could take ginkgo biloba or whatever it is and have the same reaction across the board. Same reason why some people react some way to pharmaceuticals with a negative reaction and other people are just fine. Yep. We're all different. That being said, nutraceuticals, herbs, plants, etc., are the same way. You can't expect one product to fix everyone that has a headache. Right. There's many underlying reasons for that headache. So one herb, one plant, etc., is not going to fix everything. Right. Now, the other thing, too, is that when... <clears throat> so pharmaceutical companies have you think it's a magic pill, mm -hmm. right? So, oh, you have strep throat... Take this, uh, you know, antibiotic, uh, you know, twice a day, uh, you know, for the first day and then once every day for five days or seven days or 10 days or whatever it is. And after the first, what, two days or three days, you're not contagious anymore or something they tell you, right? So if you treat that <clears throat> like I am an oil of oregano crazy woman. So, you know, I, the minute my poor son, I mean, anybody that has ever tried oil of oregano, it is very spicy and you dilute it a little bit, but it is a natural antibiotic. It is. Right. So mm -hmm. I will go to that now before I'm calling up my doctor, because once you take the, um, uh, the, the, the antibiotic, now your gut gets all screwed up, right. Right? right? So now you have all these other issues from taking this antibiotic. Now, don't get me wrong. If, you know, if you're in a detrimental situation, uh, you know, I always say modern medicine is here for a reason. 
And if you have pneumonia or you're, you know, in a bad position and you got to get that in, then I would, you know, it, it, then you may want to go that route, right? Absolutely. So. <clears throat> There's a time and a place for everything. Right. Right. Yes. I, and I agree, you know, and, and again, it wouldn't be my first choice, but I believe that we're fortunate to have that as, um, <clears throat> you know, the, the alternative, like we're fortunate to have alternatives and then we're fortunate to have these other um, alternatives as well. And, and I have to say, on the part of what I call allopathic medicine or medicine that we think of as today, it is changing. It's changing slowly, albeit, but changing. Because 20-some years ago, you never heard about dysbiosis or a gut microbiome, the imbalance of your gut flora, if you will. That was unheard of. Naturopaths, right. yes. But your average medical doctor telling you to take a probiotic. Probiotic, right. If you're taking, yep. No, they would have never said that. Yep, so that's things true. are changing for the better. Is it slower than we would like? Absolutely. But it is changing. Well, and again, you know, it can't, um, you know, the, 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 you know, you can't mainstream so many things either, right? Right. So you guys are listening to Real Talk with Karen Stacy live on MiamiMikeRadio.com. I don't know if we've lost people viewing us on uh, Facebook Live at this point. It, we're a little slow this evening, but I hope you guys are there. If you're tuned in on Facebook, please give us some likes so we know that you're out there. Um, I did do a disclosure in the beginning of the show where I said that we can all agree to disagree um, that we were going to be giving, <clears throat> excuse me, different information out today. Some that might be quote unquote controversial. Um, you know, we're not saying we're right, you're wrong, you know, nothing to that effect. Just, you know, trying to debunk certain things and bring things to light so that you can all, everyone can listen to this and, and say, you know what? Maybe there is a different way, or maybe that's not always the right way to go. So, you know, when I went through all of my stuff <clears throat> with my son, like I said, everybody thought I was crazy, okay? And I was crazy because I went... Oh, when oh I make any, it crazy. There's any, so much information out there. But uh, Frank knows me. Anybody that knows me knows that I, like, I'm an extreme... I do it, I'm all in <clears throat> or I'm out. Mm -hmm. I was all in. So, so once I'm in, I'm in and it was like everybody had to get on board and I would fight with whoever I had to fight with because I am helping my child. So I really don't care if you don't agree with it. And the funny thing was, was that as I did all this and when we did go back to the uh, ENT and he said his ears are clear, it was like I won the lotto. Yeah. <clears throat> and I know so many people that went and got that surgery with the tubes. <clears throat> the kids are miserable. Those goddamn tubes grow out, they push out. You can't get them wet, you can't this, you can't that. It's awful to, to see that these poor children, and I know for a lot of children, it helped them and they needed it. Um, you know, and, son, yeah. and I'm not saying that it's the wrong thing to do. Um, I guess if, if he, when, when he was speech delayed and everything, they said it wasn't because of his hearing. They said he can hear. <clears throat> you just have to raise your voice a little bit. But that's not the reason why he's not speaking. So had it been an issue with him hearing, 
it might have, you know, maybe, you know, parents are in that situation and they don't know what to do. And they're saying, oh my God, my child can't hear. I have to do this so my child can hear. And then doctors scare the crap out of you. And <clears throat> they look at you when, when that, when I met that person, I swear to God, the first ENT, she didn't even introduce herself to my child. So he's like two, three years old, petrified because he's in, you know, this thing. And my kid always has this huge smile on his face. How do you walk in and call yourself a pediatric ENT and you don't even introduce yourself before you put your hands on my kid? And I was like, I'm sorry, could you introduce yourself to him, please? So he knows who you are because it's a little frightening right now. And she looks in him. I swear to God, it wasn't more than a second. He needs tubes. Hmm. Let's schedule it right now. And I was like, what? And they'll make you think you are the worst mother in the world. <laughs> this is what they need. You're not a doctor. I am. And this is what they need. And I will tell every mother out there, you know your child better than anybody does. So you don't have to believe anything anybody says to you. You have to believe it in your soul. And if it doesn't sound right, sit on it and learn and educate yourself because you do that, you can't go back. And I think it's terrible that doctors, that some doctors, not all, there are a lot of doctors that, like that one that I met, the next ENT, let's see what happens. It's the first time I met his ears. I'd like to meet them again. Let's give it six weeks. Let's try this and, and let's do it again. I appreciated that because he said, let's see what happens. I don't know this kid. You know, and what if he would have told me the same thing and I would have done it. And meanwhile, had I just done what I did, he never would have needed surgery in the first place. Right. So, you know, sometimes you have to push the envelope a little bit, you know, and a lot of people don't really want to do that. And I get it. It's scary. And when you don't have the knowledge behind you, it's more frightening because people bully you into doing things. And bullying not only exists on the internet and in school, it exists to adults, to parents that are forced um, into doing something that they don't agree with, right? So um, speaking of that, so again, I have a, I got a lot of stuff going on here. <laughs> Frank, are you still awake? Are you with us? No, I'm here. <clears throat> okay. So I'm not, this is not political. I'm not talking about politics right now. I'm not talking about religion right now. But I am talking about the fact that as New Yorkers, I believe that we should all have rights. I think New Yorkers, anybody, we should have rights. Okay? And there are people that, that you know, we have here. It's a melting pot, right? So right. we have everybody from different countries that come here and we respect the way they feel. Their religious beliefs, um, their... I don't want to say rituals, that's not the right word to use, but the way that they, um, you know, it, look, uh, you know, I'll, they pray to Allah, they're on the ground on their knees praying to Allah at 12 o'clock facing the sun or whatever, right? I mean, I, I'm, I'm wrong, I could be wrong, but I'm just giving an example. And we allow that, even though maybe from that country they tried to kill us, but we allow that because we're New Yorkers and we accept that, right? So... Again, this is not political. I don't care whether you're pro-Trump, anti-Trump, uh, you know, Democrat, Republican, left, right, center, don't matter. 
in my opinion, <clears throat> um, you we should be able to live our lives um, how we believe, right? And so religious beliefs um, and such should be honored, right? So um, right now in New York, <clears throat> and I know you practice in Connecticut. Correct. Right now in New York, there's a lot of controversy going on because they removed the, the religious exemptions yes. um, in terms of vaccines. Mm -hmm. So, um, again, I'm playing devil's advocate, and I'm on both sides of this, right? Um, I am not pro or against. What I am against is that people should have rights. Yeah, it's, it's less about do I vaccinate or not and more about removing my ability to choose. Uh, correct. And mm -hmm. that is, and, and I think in the world we live in that we should, that that's, it's unconstitutional. So it's frightening because now everybody, they can mandate how we, what we believe, what we feel. Right. So it's scary. And now I happen to know a lot of people that have children that were vaccine injured. Yes. Now, a lot of people say that that's not true. You cannot be vaccine injured. There is no no studies that say that. Um, it, that it's, you know, my doctor had said to me, it's a coincidence uh, that, that the children have the MMR vaccine and then they show regression. Mm -hmm. um, it's the age. And you wouldn't see that type of regression until they were at that age for that to happen. Um, it's very interesting that most of the data that supports that disappears um, from the world to see. Um, it's interesting that um, the people that have, like these homeopathic doctors, these naturopath doctors that have maybe debunked certain things wind up dead. <laughs> A lot of controversy around that on, on, from both sides. Right, yes. right. So, I mean, what is what is your? I know this is a very you know touchy subject, and again, I, I say again, and I and I, I preface by saying this earlier. I think, in my opinion, from what I have seen, that children, every child is different. Yes. And isn't it possible? That, like you said, one person can have a pharmaceutical and not have a reaction to it. Another per person can have a pharmaceutical and have a reaction to it. Absolutely. And in the case of vaccines especially. So <laughs> you, what shouldn't be done is giving all of these vaccines, MMR, DPT, at once. You're, uh, it's throwing too many darts at the dartboard. If you were to slow it down and give them a delayed schedule or even separate them out, there would probably be far less risk involved. Mm -hmm. But anytime I have a patient who has family history or the child has a history certainly of allergies or, uh -huh. or lymphadenopathy, congestion, if you will, the uh -huh. sinus, etc. Uh, no, I'm going to advocate for delayed vaccination. And I'm going to ask if the, if the pediatrician is willing to separate these things out to do them individually. Uh, otherwise, it's a crapshoot. Right. And so <clears throat> what I found very interesting is that I have a compound pharmacist um, that I use. And when um, I was, you know, researching certain things, I said, 
um, you know, well, if you get, cause you know, you can get uh, something that, that can be done. You have titers tested, yes. right? Yes, so that shows the immunity in the blood. That's right. So ironically, a lot of people that get an MMR shot in order for like before their booster, they might be immune to two out of the three. So, cause it's mumps, measles, uh, measles rubella. rubella. Mm -hmm. So if you need only, let's say, um, and I'm just making this up, rubella, um, you still have to get the shot because it's all three. Right, exactly. My so point. now what's interesting is that I had, you know, so I, I, I was talking to my compound pharmacist because, you know, I was researching all of this stuff. And I said, well, if somebody needs that, only the rubella, let's say, for instance, you're a compound pharmacist. Why can't you make that? And do you know what her response was? I can guess, but tell me. No, tell me we're guess. I'm curious. Absolutely not. <laughs> so she said, you know what? Let me look into it. So um, then she got back and she said, you know what? We're unable to do that because the pharmaceutical company owns right. owns the, the rights to that. The patent pharma. So now, <clears throat> right. So now that's interesting to me because I take um, hormones and I, they are compounded for me yes. because they're made for my body. Mm -hmm. So they make that. Now you can buy, you can get testosterone. I don't know what the normal dose or whatever, but you can get that. And there's a name brand of it, right? But they're able to make that. I take T3 um, from my thyroid mm -hmm. and it's not whatever the name brand thing. They make it. They right. get the powder excuse me, they make the capsule and it's my correct dosage. Right. So why is it that they can't make the vaccine so that the child doesn't have to get all three things that they don't need that could potentially over, uh, whatever the right word would be, it would, you know, they would be over, they, would, they don't need it. There's, there's a lot of money at play, and they would have to admit that there's some danger and or fault for giving them all three of those lumped together in that case. Right. And, and then, they're not and willing to do that. They're not willing to do That's that. That's correct. So have you treated, um, like, what, have you treated, so now there could be people listening right now that, I mean, I know I know a lot of people that have opted now for homeschool. Um, I, you know, a lot of people are moving out of the state um, you know, California is also, you know, this is a huge thing in California, um, you know, protests and such. So, um, you know, have you had experience as a natural path? Do people go to you, um, and say, you know, like, what do I do? Or, sure. and, and so you said you, you believe in delaying. It depends. And it, it, this is a case by case basis. And once again, there's no one right answer for the whole populace. It right. really depends on the individual. I'm going to say this. If you choose not to vaccinate, you are taking an awful lot of responsibility. And it, it, it's not that it can't be done, but it takes on the part of the parent an awful lot of attention to that child's daily well-being. And at the first sign of sniffle, sneeze, or cough, you had better be on your game. Sure. And you better get in front of it immediately and know what you're dealing with. And frankly, most, no offense, but most parents are busy. We've got other stuff going on. And, and we might miss when Johnny has a, an issue. Hmm. And, and then we get too far past the curve and now we're in trouble. Right. 
in a perfect world, if we had time to really pay attention to our kids and to the degree that we didn't need to vaccinate, well, vaccinations would go away. Mm. The whole herd mentality idea, there's truth to that. There's truth on both sides, however, because vaccines do cause some harm in a few, very, very few percentage of the population. But are you willing to take that risk? That's the question. Right. So now, and then you have people that have children that are maybe on the spectrum or, you know, somewhere in that, and and that, and, and so now you know, aren't they at a higher risk to be more sensitive or it doesn't, that doesn't necessarily mean that? Um, potentially, but I, I think that's less to do with actually being on the spectrum and more to do with underlying rationale reasons why they're on the spectrum. So if I have lymphatic buildup of waste in my tissues, I'm going, I might have a greater chance to react to the vaccine because my body's not going to clear out the metabolites, the carriers quickly enough. Okay. And that would also indicate some blockage downstream, whether liver, bowel, or, or some inability to properly remove waste from okay. the kidney or liver primarily. Okay. So, I mean, so that's basically, so, and, and, and if I'm not mistaken, being a naturopath and, and homeopathy and stuff, it's treating the underlying issues and not the symptoms. Correct. Right? So, in other words, why does why like when my son was you know like that why is he prone to he would get this massive congestion and he was just mucus everywhere you know Mm -hmm. and that's what happens to his body it's and what is that inflammation right that's what basically what causes it what's causing the inflammation is the, the the big question right but we know the body is inflamed so that's why i removed this i removed that to try to reduce those added right right added things right so now like i'm you hear i keep clearing my throat he hasn't been feeling like he so he he's crazy he had a molar and on friday he kept he kept complaining about it and he freaking pulled the thing out right wow yeah that's my kid he's not great kid (laughs) he's nuts so Whole and dentistry. I'm like, don't, right. don't try that. No, <laughs> don't try that at home at all. And so he pulled it out and like, I knew it because his tooth was bothering him. He had been playing with it. I want to say maybe that morning he woke me up. It was like five o'clock in the morning and the weather is changing in New York right now. So he woke me up and he's like, mom, my throat is killing me. And I felt it too, but it was more just like dry because the air changed and I said, you know what? Just drink some water. Your throat's probably just dry. Mommy feels the same way. You'll be okay. And then he drank and he was fine. Mm-hmm. Then he, then the tooth happened that day. And I was like, this, this ain't good. Something's coming from this. I know mm-hmm. something's coming from it. Mm-hmm. And that was Friday. So then Saturday he woke up and he was a little off-ish. Mm-hmm. But he was okay. And I go... Yep, this is, tomorrow I'm going to have an issue. And sure as hell, I woke up Sunday morning. He came in my room and we had plans on Sunday. He goes, Mom, we're not going nowhere. I don't feel good. And he was a congested mess. Everything was dripping out of him. Mm -hmm. So now I'm like, and I knew it. I just, I could have, I planned it. I said, I know what's going to happen. And like a book, I knew exactly what was going to happen. So I started with my, you know, and I started, I do, you know, certain things, which I don't know if I should, you know, 
stay on the air my what I do but I do certain herbs and homeopathic remedies and stuff so I started doing that at the first sign and once the tooth came out I started right away with that because I knew that one thing was going to lead to another right and so yesterday <clears throat> as the day not yesterday uh Sunday as the day progressed you know and because all I'm waiting for is the cough because once the cough comes and it's that hacky cough that dry hacky cough i know we're in trouble mm -hmm. and i have tried everything every remedy every everything and when it comes to that asthmatic hacky cough sadly i have found nothing that will open up his lungs other than the crap that you got to put him yeah. on the nebulizer unfortunately it's acute at that point and you don't mess around so <clears throat> I haven't used the nebulizer, thank the Lord, in so long I didn't know where it was. That's good. Right. But I said to him, you know, I should probably find that because I have a sneaky suspicion. So sure as I could write a book on it, 4.30 in the morning, he woke up, I can't breathe, Mom. So now my eyes are in my, you know, in, in, my, in the moon and I'm searching my entire house and I can't find this thing. We have not used it, thank the Lord. We haven't used it. And, and I'm like, if anybody, any parent that wakes up at 4.30 in the morning when their child feels a certain way, you want to die to begin with. And now he can't breathe and I can't find this goddamn machine. So I give him, you know, a spoon of honey. I have a homeopathic medicine, a nighttime medicine I gave him to try to just calm him down a little bit. But I know I have to find this. Right. So I just, I, I, I'm... Law of attraction. I, I believe in all of these things, and I said, "Please, you just got to help me right now because I can't do this. I need to find this machine." And I something drove me. I boom, and I found it. So <clears throat> right before we went to do it, I heard the cough move a little bit, and I was like, "Wow, I've never heard that before, this early mm -hmm. in." Right. So I gave him his treatment, and he was able to go to sleep. And of course, he was shaking and everything afterwards. And it wasn't as bad as it normally was. And I don't know if it's because his lungs have gotten stronger because he's 10 years old now. Mm -hmm. um, and it's a longer duration since he's had this issue before. Um, but that phlegm causes all that inflammation and it doesn't move. It's an unproductive cough. Right. And anybody out there that has asthma or has a child that has asthma, you learn really fast what that sounds like. And when you hear that cough move, it's like magic. You're like, yes. And so I gave that to him and he was still whatever. And, and thankfully, I, I didn't have to blow his lungs out to get him to breathe. And I'm very grateful. It took about two, you know, it just, I, I did like maybe two treatments yesterday at, at most. When he was bad, I was counting the minutes till it was the four hours. Right. Counting the minutes scared shit mm -hmm. that he couldn't breathe. He was wheezing. He was everything. And, and you want to kill yourself and you don't know what to do. Right. So I waited or whatever and, and he was good. So then today he slept through the night. And the nose stopped dripping as much, and you know, then the and he did it. He did the one treatment this way, and I knew from the, the cough. I said, once you do that treatment, you're gonna be okay. It's gonna break. And he was like, "Mommy, mommy, did you hear that? Did you hear that?" And I was like, "Yes, I heard it." So now, in in uh, like, if you were treating my son who has this chronic inflammation, if you will, this mucusy issue, 
you would find, instead of all of these are all topical things to yep. treat the symptoms, but there's a reason why you bet his body is doing this, right? Yes, there's an underlying, it's called lymphadenopathy, or an inability to move their lymph and get your waist moving well. So you have a heart to pump your blood, but you don't really have a pump for the lymph. So hmm. the lymphatic system depends on water. It's a hydrostatic system. If I don't have enough water coming in, I don't have anything to flush that lymph out with. And lymph, just like stagnant water, grows bacteria. Ew. Yeah. So then yeah. we have the sinus infections and lung yeah. infections and the like. All the green stuff. That's yes. when all the green stuff comes in. Right. You get color. See? No dye. Right. Right. <laughs> green stuff. So now wait. <laughs> with lymphatic, since Frank is asleep. Um, Frank's not asleep. Lymphatic <laughs> drainage. Now, can't doesn't massage therapy also work on lymphatic drainage? So yeah. now if you were sick and you had a lymphatic massage, would that... Would that sure, you bet. Yeah, so have you have you movement. done massages on people that were sick and and were able to release for them? Yeah, I did very few lymphatic massages. People would say, you know, aside from their standard issues, they would have the body aches and all, mm -hmm. and they would more. I would say, why don't we just lighten up a little bit? <coughs> no, it feels better the deeper you go, and you're able to move a lot that way. The key is drinking water afterwards to really, really flush yourself out. Right. And and so, like I said, I had my, my lady Mary on a couple of weeks ago, and her treatments work off of that, the lymphatic drainage. So a lot of times, if you have that extra stuff in your belly and the extra stuff on your thighs, when they do this freezing thing or manipulating, it's supposed to help break it up, and then your lymphatic system releases it because it's toxic right yep. fat is is toxic yep. as well and like you said it gets trapped right? right so so the best way to release the lymphatic system is what water and exercise oh okay so water and movement so when i'm moving i'm squeezing on my lymph and i don't have any choice but to move that lymph and if i'm, if I'm drinking water i'm flushing that old lymph out and replacing it with new lymph if you will mm. because lymph is just the way to clean the blood and the plasma within the blood. So huh. you're squeezing that out into the various tissue spaces of the body. So anybody out there that doesn't drink water, mm -hmm. um, you need to like get started on doing that because um, you know that's you know that's if if that's I didn't know that that's how you release your lymphatic. I knew about massage and stuff, but I didn't know that that that's physically on our end what we can do. Yes, absolutely. And it's funny because I t my son drank like gallons of water the other day. And he said, Mom, I drank so much, but I didn't pee all day. <laughs> and he goes, so I must have really needed that water. You know, my, my son's smart. I mean, he was raised by a crazy mama. So he <laughs> recognizes these things. But also I told him, you got to drink a lot of water because now we pumped his body with that freaking crap, that epinephrine crap. Um, and it makes them nuts. Mm -hmm. So, you know, and, and like, uh, well, that was one of the things I was going to say when they thought he was, uh, you know, ADHD or whatever. Uh, well, gee, really? I didn't even put two and two together because his normal routine was this albuterol on a daily basis. Now, anybody that's ever done albuterol, you shake. I mean, there are a lot of people that take steroids, right? When they get sick or whatever, they take that pump. 
your heart starts pounding out of your chest your your you your cheeks dilate your you know your you change colors you sweat mm -hmm. you get very warm um, and all of that because of what it does to your body but that's what it's supposed to do it's supposed to open you up to get everything out so you could breathe right and and your lungs move yep. and, and yep. all of that um, <clears throat> but I said to him you got to drink a lot of water so we could get that crap out of your body so I guess I was right what do you think about um, um, uh, uh, alkaline water. Any oh validity boy. to that? Um, it, it brings up a, a long conversation that I call the water wars. Uh -huh. um, most of the time, unless you're drinking pond water, which I would not, I don't recommend it, but most of the time, <coughs> volume trumps source. So whether you're huh. drinking water from a $5,000 Kangen water machine, okay. or whether you're drinking something from a carbon block filter like a pure Brita brand filter, uh -huh. usually that's good enough. And huh. that's what I usually recommend to patients is something in between there. I don't recommend drinking just plain tap water because of the various fluoride and chlorine I was and so say. forth that it, that's in that. Right. But a simple filtration method, fine. Hmm. What you shouldn't be doing is spending a ton of money on bottled water because you don't know how long it's been sitting there on the shelf. If you put that bottle in the sun or leave it in your yeah, car, you know toxic. what happens to it. I right. mean, all the phthalates, all the chemicals leach into the water and you taste it. You say, oh, it tastes terrible. Well... You're drinking that all the time. Yeah. Every time you pick up a plastic bottle, you're drinking some of that. Mm. So carry your own water bottle, stainless steel or glass, preferably plastic if you must, but change your plastic water bottle. Don't keep reusing the same one. Mm. Yeah, so water is big. Now, what about, um, like, I know they say, like, water with lemon is, like, a, a is a good thing. Is it because it al alkalizes the blood, correct? Uh, well... Lime and lemon both are acidic, but something interesting happens in the stomach when it, once it hits your own hydrochloric acid in your stomach, yes, it does turn into an alkalizing liquid instead. So therefore, it can be pretty good at, at alkalizing the gastrointestinal tract, but to say it alkalizes the blood, mm, that's a bit of a reach because the body will do whatever it has to do to keep your pH balanced. And as soon as you push one way or the other, you're either going to be pushing the body's going to push back to stabilize. Well, I thought that, I mean, I was told that nothing can live in an alkalinity environment. So most of the times if cancer or any disease shows, uh, you know, comes, it's because the body is not like, they, they say nothing can live in alkalinity. So explain that. High alkalinity. So most of these machines that we're talking about will produce pH of around 9, 9.5 max. What you're talking about is a pH of 12, uh, 14 that's extremely caustic that would burn you to try to drink water that was that high of a pH so that yeah nothing's gonna live in that environment and neither are you okay okay <laughs> but now but you want the blood like so when you, your nutrients is what would make the the blood alkaline yes the better way to alkalize the body and its cells water does work but you've got to have it very alkaline the best way bar none is to eat a lot of vegetables because mm. vegetables are highly alkaline and very alkalizing. They have more potential to alkalize the body because they don't interact with stomach acid the way uh, a 9.5 water would. Okay. So as soon as I drink 9.5 water and I reduce my stomach acid, the first thing that's going to happen is the proton pumps, the acid-producing pumps in my stomach are going to compensate for mm. that by reacidifying. Mm. It's the body pushing back, trying to maintain its own homeostasis or balance. Mm. That's interesting. So, yeah, I guess that I, I never thought about it that way. I mean, it's like, you know, 100 years ago when people would use alcohol on their face, mm. right? 
And then they would go, I don't know why my skin is so oily. I just yeah. used alcohol on right. it. Well, your body overproduced it because you dried it out. Exactly. So you just caused exactly what you thought you right. weren't going to do. Right. I never thought about it that way. Very interesting. You guys are listening to Real Talk with Karen Stacy live on MiamiMikeRadio.com. And tonight, my two guests, I have um, the doctor, whose name I don't say correctly, Dr. Bowman. You got it. Bowman, I, There we yes. go, Dr. Bowman. And then we have uh, Mr. Frank over here that, that's uh, a massage therapist. And um, we are talking about uh, alternative... Uh, uh, well, medicine, um, yeah. yeah, alternative medicine, an alternative way of thinking, um, and, and a different approach, which um, I always encourage people. I know so many people, they have, um, you know, like I just met, I have a girlfriend of mine that's a bartender, and she's young. She's in, like, her early 40s, and I believe she has rheumatoid arthritis, mm -hmm. and, like, she's just in agonizing pain. And she's swollen and like she worked the other day. She's like, look, my hands aren't that swollen. I'm okay today. And I always like, and I'm always like, well, did you consider, you know, an alternative? And she's like, well, I'm trying. And, and then, so she was telling me, yeah, I'm working with this one, I'm working with that one. And then I said, um, okay, so you're doing Arnica, right? And she goes, what's that? So I'm like, well, if she was working with somebody, I would assume and I could be wrong again, I'm not a doctor, I just play one on the radio, uh, that Arnica would be, you know, an Arnica cream would be the, you know, a roll-on, whatever would be the first thing that I would, you know, like, encourage her to do. I mean, am I wrong? Well, it, it may help. And I say may because rheumatoid arthritis is usually an internal right. issue. And you're talking about trying to treat an internal issue with a topical. You might get some immediate relief from right. that, but it may not last for more than 20 or 30 minutes. Okay. So the better thing to do is let's look at this individual's intake. What are they taking in that's causing that inflammation or irritation? Or if their diet's pretty clean, what is it that's backing up in their system that's causing this inflammation to begin with? What most of my patients fail to realize is our bodies have over... 10 to 30 trillion, not billion, not million, trillion cells. Hmm. All of those cells are taking in energy and nutrients every second of every day. 24-7, they don't stop. What that means is they're also creating waste every oh. second of every day. That's thermodynamics. Energy and matter can neither be created nor destroyed. So for every piece of energy and nutrient my cells are taking in, I'm making that much waste. If that waste does not leave the cell, if it stays in the tissue space, wow. You're talking about a lot of inflammation within the tissue space. Hmm. And this is why something like the Beamer or a lymphatic drainage massage, etc., to help get that waste moving is so very, very critical. It's because then the toxicity remains in the body right. without it being right. eliminated. You bet. So now how would you go about treating somebody like that? Like you do blood work? Like how do you find out what's going on in their body? I have in-house testing, a machine that I use in the office. I also use blood work occasionally for certain things as well. It depends upon underlying symptoms, conditions, etc. Okay. Yeah, so in other words, so it's not like they have to go through some like rigorous, uh, you know, examination. No, and, and it's pretty fast and painless and I've done it on two-week-old infants up to people in their 102. Wow, God so bless. Everywhere in between, yeah. God bless. Now, um, do so if someone wanted to, let's say, go and see you. Now, are you like do do you take insurance? Is this okay? So you're a, 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 like recognized yes. 
You're a doctor. A board-certified naturopathic physician can accept insurance in a licensed state, yes. So I accept Oxford and United Healthcare, Blue Cross Blue Shield, and at the moment, Husky, which is our state insurance for Connecticut. Oh, I was going to say, I never even heard of right. that, but that's a good right. reason why. So that's interesting. So then you, you are able to do that. Now, somebody would physically need to see you correct it's it's not something you it, could treat it's very difficult to do something like this over the phone not to say that i haven't done it but it is really really hard i can make far more progress uh, exponentially faster if i can see the individual do a proper physical exam and talk to the individual like this and that's that's not always easy to do over the phone or video chat etc no okay yeah, I mean, because I know, you know, sometimes, but I, but it's mostly that initial that you would need, right? Oh, yeah. It's not like somebody, like if, it, let's say, you know, like for instance, I'm just using her as an example. She lives in Long Island, so mm -hmm. obviously going to Connecticut is not a convenient thing. But she goes once, and you examine her, right. and then you can keep up with it sure. remotely, and then I guess if anything else arises and you would need to see her again then that would be correct once i know her her underlying issues her case in general uh then i can make a much better a targeted approach for that unique individual uh, it's a lot easier for me to change that approach because i know what our what i'm dealing with what an underlying problem is but you're right that initial visit is critical it's very hard to do that otherwise okay um so frank uh, since you're still with us here i I don't know. I, I can't help it. You know, I'm just like monopolizing all you of the do time. You got to do what you got to do. We work I, hand in hand. <laughs> I love it. Yeah. So now tell me about that though. How do you work hand in hand? So in other words, my, so again, I'm just using, you know, my girlfriend as an example. So she comes in for rheumatoid arthritis. So you do the exam on her and then you say, you, you, you say, Frank, you got uh, to do what to her? Well, rheumatoid arthritis is probably not the best example for where I would send a patient to Frank. Okay. What's far more common, I would say, especially in this day and age, is people that live a pretty sedentary lifestyle. Most of us sit for 9 to 13 hours a day, and our bodies are not meant to be sedentary. Our bodies are meant to be in motion. So what I tend to find, people coming with a lot of musculoskeletal issues, uh, connective tissue disorders, weakness, uh, low back pain, you name it. This, these are very, very common, prominent problems. And I will work on the internal aspect of that individual. And I'll send them to Frank to work on the musculoskeletal piece of that. To okay. get their body moving again. Okay. So, yeah, because you're saying that, you know, that all of that, that movement, water and movement yes. is like the biggest thing right. that you keep saying. Right. Um, and then, I mean, you do believe diet as well, oh, correct? Oh, diet's the, a huge piece of this. We are literally what we eat. So there's no way uh, you're going to be able to heal without changing some aspect of your diet. So you didn't get that way in the <coughs> by first accident, place. Right? right. You got it. You right. Got it. So what if, if somebody was listening right now, what would be three things... That you would say they should be um, either like include three things they should be including in their diet and three things that they should be excluding from their diet. Three things to include in the diet. Um, let's say three changes I would make that okay. are positive versus three things I would I would omit. Three okay. changes for the for the addition or positive. I would replace the majority, not all, but the majority of the grains that most people eat with okay. vegetables. 
I'm okay. not. I'm not necessarily advocating vegan or vegetarianism. That protein, for some individuals, especially animal protein, is very important and necessary. Mm -hmm. However, the majority of us eat far too many grains. Okay. Remember when when grains was the base of the food pyramid? We could almost flip right. that upside down and be healthier. Right. Uh, so they're cheap, they're readily available, and as a result, we overindulge right. Right. In, in our grains. So one, replacing a lot of the grain with vegetable. Two, increasing your water intake, like we spoke about. How much water? Slowly increasing, sipping throughout the day. I don't want to flash blood through a dried-out riverbed. That doesn't help <laughs> anybody. You exercise your kidney, your bladder, and your legs because you're running to the bathroom all day long. Yes. That's not what I want. Okay. We're talking very slowly increasing your water intake to what? To about half your body weight in ounces per day. Mm. That's a lot of water. Think about that. Do the math, folks. That's a lot of water. I'm bad and with that. Very, I very need the calculator. Yes. Mm. Very mm. few mm. of us drink anywhere near that amount of water. Uh, the third thing um, would have to be, well, it goes yeah, the other direction. It would be what you would remove from the diet. And that would definitely be a lot of the processed sugar. And we eat far, far too much processed sugar. And fructose, just natural fruit sugar, fine. But when we're talking about processed sugar, high fructose, corn syrup, etc., mm -hmm. the cakes, the cookies, the candies, uh, that's what gets into trouble. Mm -hmm. Yep. Yeah, and so and and uh, you know, so you're saying that um, so grains, healthy grains. What would what would be your your what do you suggest as healthy grains? Well. First of all, understand that healthy grains should only take up maybe 10 to 20 percent max of your plate. So on the average plate, you want about a fifth size amount of protein. So about a quarter of your plate roughly is protein. And I like to put about the other 70 percent of that is going to be a vegetable. Uh -huh. Now that doesn't leave me with a whole lot. Right. I've only got a little bit of sliver from my from my carbohydrate or what is my, my grain uh -huh. and a complex grain would be like brown rice quinoa or something along those lines versus white rice or durum white right. flour pasta etc right right and and so but a lot of people they, they they say you know like everybody is no carbs no this no that um you know so you're saying that you know you you want the predominant when you sit down to have a meal your predominant should be your vegetable correct and then you should have um, uh, you know, well, when you say a fist side, that's usually about what, four ounces, Roughly. Mm -hmm. give or take of mm -hmm. a protein. And then you're saying half of that as a grain, Correct. If, if that you be the case. It. Exactly. <clears throat> right. Which would be like most people that are cooking that, that half, that grain mm -hmm. part would be what they were tasting, tasting while they were cooking. That's right. Exactly. That's, <laughs> that's exactly That's right. like, you're tasting it. If you're standing up and you're, and you're eating it, it doesn't count. No. Yeah, there's no calories in that. <laughs> there's no calories in that. As long as you're standing up, and you're, you're good. Um, you're in motion. You got the right. That's it. A body in motion, right? <laughs> Tends to stay in motion. Um, you guys are listening to Real Talk with Karen Stacy live on MiamiMikeRadio.com. And if you are tuned in on Facebook, let me see some likes. Uh, I, you guys are a little quiet tonight. I know I'm not really looking at the comments. Please forgive me. But um, I just, you know, I'm, I'm in, you know, I'm in love right now because this is all like right up my alley. So, um, you know, it's kind of a passion of mine. And uh, I, I thank you guys so much for being sure. here, Dr. Bowman yeah, and and Frank. Um, and we are just talking about, um, you know, natural alternatives. Um, you know, for some of you out there that have chronic issues, um, you know, I would encourage you to seek 
beyond uh, your regular doctors and specialists and maybe find out the underlying problem because, you know, every, I mean, I don't know how you feel. I, there's, um, you know, uh, we, we talked a little bit about chiropractic and, you know, they say that everything works off of, you know, your spine being in alignment. <clears throat> then you have, uh, you know, um, acupuncture, which works off of the chi, right? Mm -hmm. And, and mm -hmm. Chinese medicine, it's either the liver or the kidneys, <laughs> right? So they, they, it works off of that. So Chinese medicine and Chinese herbs usually are geared. They find out which one it is, the liver or the kidneys that are giving you whatever your issues are, and that's what they treat, right? So with homeopathy and natural, what, what, naturalopathy? Naturopathy. Naturopathy. naturopathy medicine. Right, mm -hmm. naturopathic medicine. Um, it, you, you treat it with a little bit of everything from what it sounds like to me. Correct. In fact, naturopathic physicians are actually trained in med school to do many of the things you just mentioned. Okay. So whether it's chiropractic, osseous adjustment of the spine, we can do that. Okay. Very few of us do. I didn't know that. Yeah. Okay. We're very, very eclectic. Very few of us choose to do that, but we can specialize just like an MD can specialize. Okay. Many of us will specialize in one genre or another. Okay. Um, mine tends to be more plant-based medicine and it revolves around the gut and the immune system uh -huh. because um, I think that's where the majority of problems start with is in the intestine. Yeah. And my girlfriend that does, the, that's a, that's the healer, she she works off of that as well, more plant-based um, and, uh, you know, and, and that. So it's very interesting to me because <clears throat> it's, it's so many different um, approaches. Yes. Right? And... So it's very different. And, and you know what? Even I have to say, even when my pediatrician, um, you know, w was uh, when I w went against everything she was saying to me, uh, when I told her I was bringing him to the chiropractor, you know, she said to me, you know what? I don't know a lot about it. And as long as he's good and you know he's good and he's not going to hurt him, right. I don't have an issue with it. Right. So I respected that because she basically said that's out of my field of expertise. Yeah. Um, but as long as he's safe, um, and, and he has experience, especially with children, you know, I don't think it could harm him. Right. So, you know, I think that y y you, you have to kind of find like that happy medium somewhere. Right. right. And, right. you know, so, but the thing is, is that what a lot of people don't realize is like, he is an actual doctor. Okay. Yes, uh, I am. I like, get that quote, a lot, unquote, but... you know, like, because everybody, you know, like, you know, like, chiropractors are quacks, right? That's what they call them. They're not like, you know, that th that's not a doctor. That's a quack. Like, right. you know, what are you talking about? So, you know, a lot of people have these predisposed notions of things and they don't really, they, you know, like you said, medicine has changed. Right. Um, so has the alternative medicine. And I, I love that it can be, a, a, you know, a, a, a symbiotic type of thing where, like you were saying, if you're working with a, a child and you work with their pediatrician, um, I love that mm -hmm. because, you know, the truth of the matter is, is that there are certain people that do need that pediatrician. Absolutely. Um, you know, and, and their kid gets a sniffle and they run to the pediatrician and that's what they feel comfortable with. They need to know that it's nothing, you know, serious or whatever. And, and they aren't, you know, people that are more um, natural based, I want to say, 
we normally tend to push the envelope a sure. little more. Like, all right, you know, he's not hacking up along yet, mm-hmm. so let's just see what happens. You right. know, let me give his body a minute and let's see what happens. Because I did that. I ran to the doctor because I didn't know what the hell I was doing. I think you're not a professional parent until the kid is like three. That's my opinion. <laughs> Right? So um, I just, you know, you don't know what you're doing. So you're just like, oh my God, uh, he sneezed. Uh, We got to get him to the doctor. Like something's wrong. You know, he's, I think he's touching his ear. Something's wrong. And you, you get paranoid and then you realize that, you know, after the 10th ear infection, okay, well, this is how you're going to handle this, you know? And, and you, you know, you, you start to say, okay, I'm going to bring him to the doctor. The doctor's going to say blah, 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 blah. And I already know this. Right. Right. So, you know, a lot of times you call them and they'll tell you whatever and they diagnose it over the phone. So, you know, I guess it's just what you're comfortable with. Um, and uh, I just encourage people, if you know, people are listening. I, I would encourage you to be open minded as I, I did my disclosure in the beginning of the show that um, we, you know, there are so many great alternatives um, that are available for us. So if you are you know, trying something and it's not really working, um, you know, explore other options. Absolutely. Um, and don't just say, like, think it's a dead end. And, you know, don't just get a, like, I'll never forget my, you know, God bless my father, you know, older. Um, my mother was diagnosed with dementia and he went with her to the doctor and he, he, he texts me and he says, yeah, and so and not so bad. They said, uh, you know, she has dementia. They're gonna give her a pill, and it's gonna stop everything. And um, you know, we'll she'll be fine. And I like dropped the phone because I knew what that meant. Right. And then of course I researched it, and I like I you know you know what's you know unfortunately a disease like that you know it's there's nothing good gonna come out of that and it's only gonna get worse and they my mother would never take even a Tylenol I told you she was a hippie you know there was none of that you went to the chiropractor and she couldn't even go to the chiropractor because she didn't like anybody touching her Frank massaged her and I think you wanted to kill yourself a couple of times because they freak out a little bit. First few times were a bit challenging. And after that, she started to develop a comfort level with me. And she was, actually, she was she's giving me good feedback by the third or fourth time. We were communicating a lot. So, But it's very difficult, um, you know. And, and I mean, so now with, with, now I'm curious because I did not, I wasn't able to look into too much stuff because of the fact that, you know, when my mother was diagnosed very shortly after I lost my husband and I, you know, was, you know, not, I was doing all I could just to right. survive. Right. And, you know, they were pumping her with so much stuff. Mm-hmm. And um, <clears throat> to our understanding, I mean, my mother doesn't speak anymore. My mother is 76 years old. She's incontinent. She's been in a home for four years because she broke her her foot, and that was the beginning of the end. And, um, you know, they put her on so many different types of medications and for the pain, for this, for that, blah, blah, blah. And they feel that the reason why she doesn't speak is a side effect of the medications that she was on. 
So when I heard that, I wanted to punch and break everything that I could. So like in a situation like this, like that, you know, is there a way, I mean, to help someone in that situation? There's always a way to help. Um, but once you get so far down that road, it's more about maintenance. Correct. And keeping them from degrading further than it is uh, getting them back. Obviously, they're never going to get back to their 30s and 40s again. That's just not going to happen when you're, when you're in your 70s. You can't expect that. But there is a certain amount of uh, recovery that can happen even in a late stage. It's huh. possible. It takes time. It's difficult. It is not for the faint of heart. It's not easy. Um, we're talking lifestyle, diet changes, etc. that a lot of people, frankly, at that stage are not willing to do. And that's what it takes is a lot of willpower. Well, the problem is, is like, you know, I tried to get her to go to the chiropractor. I was like, let's get you to the acupuncturist. And my mother was one of the first people, like, she was like a pioneer with when acupuncture first came out, which, I don't know, how old am I? 49? So I had to be under 10 years old. So it had to be at least 40 years ago. We went to Harlem. And at that time, Harlem was Harlem. And... um it was all junkies and you know everything in that and they and they were i guess experimental if you will at that point trying to get them off of the methadone yep. and all that kind of stuff and and we did that so my mother had no issue with let's go let's do this let's see what this is all about and then when i said it to her you know at this point this was before she was you know while she was still kind of here if you will it, she wanted to know nothing she wanted nothing to do with it yeah so, you know, it's it's like you got to sneak. You yep. can't sneak stuff like that in. No. They become very defiant after a while. Yeah, so I know your, your mother um, isn't as bad as mine, no. thank, you know, thankfully. But, um, yeah, it's a hard thing. And, and you know, it, it, Frank and I have had that conversation because, you know, he, he his mom is still there enough that he thinks he's dealing with a rational person sometimes. And I try to explain to him. I know it's frustrating, but you're not dealing with a rational person, so you can't think rationally because, you know, they lose the ability to ration. So it's very challenging, and unfortunately, I know there are a lot of people out there that are probably listening that have parents that are suffering from dementia or grandparents, um, and it's a horrible disease. Do, do you have any insight, Doc, on this has become an epidemic? Um, yes. What, do you have any like, insight on why? Hmm. What is causing this? I think it's the same reason you're seeing a lot more rates of cancer. You're seeing more rates of spectral disorder, autistic disorder, etc. Um, it all goes back to the water we drink, the food we eat, and the air we breathe. Uh, you know what? I believe that wholeheartedly. Um, I'm, I'm glad that you said that um, because I don't think people give enough credence to that. Um, but I will say this. Um, like you said, well, like we said, one size doesn't fit all. Mm -hmm. So my mom <clears throat> was a dancer at 50 plus years old. She went back got her master's. She taught a dance program in, with the board of ed. She made the first regents, dance regents. Um, she, we never had junk in my house ever. There was no processed food in my house. The worst thing that we had in my house was diet soda 
and we lived through that fat-free stage, right? So everything in my house was fat-free. Mm-hmm. I do believe that has, there's credence to that because yep. the brain needs those Absolutely. fats. Absolutely, that DHA for the brain matter is critically important, right? So I think that was, that had something to do with it. My, mm-hmm. We were in a very bad car accident um, and she was badly hurt and I wonder if that had something to do with it. Um, but she defies every, every article you would ever read on anybody that has dementia and what you should do if you don't want to have it. That was the life my mother lived. Mm -hmm. My father cooked every single day. They, just like what you said, the the grain was the tiny portion. It was a vegetable and a lean protein. Um, you know, that was how they lived. My, you know, they, like I said, she didn't take. Any type of pharmaceutical stuff. Like I said, she was a hippie, but she didn't take any type of pharmaceutical stuff. Um, she exercised all day, every day. So, um, you know, it, 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 again, it's like you put your hands up in the air, right? right? Yeah, there's a lot of truth to uh, disease has no prejudice. Yeah. And you don't know. You can never lead a absolutely perfect diet, lifestyle, very clean, etc. Exercise regularly, and, and end up with a brain cancer. Yeah. In fact, that happened to a very good friend of mine who graduated from the same med school and was several years behind me, younger than I am, and he passed I'm sorry. from brain cancer. So there's never a guarantee, no matter how clean your lifestyle, your yeah. diet, etc. Yeah. yeah. Well, that's why you know you have like. You have two philosophies of life, right? Like you live each day as it's going to be your last. Correct. Um, and then it's, you know, but then it's like you got to, you know, plan for your future. So I always say, I don't get, I never know where that point is, right? Because mm-hmm. if you lived each day like it was your last, you certainly would be doing a lot more damage, right. right? Right, because you, if this is it, you're in, right? Yeah, and, that, and you're that gonna, last day's going to come a little sooner. <laughs> right. So it's a very tricky, um, you know, a very tricky uh, balance. It is. Right? Um, and, and again, it's not one size fits all. But I, I, do, I do believe that. And I was, that was another thing that I wanted to talk about too. You know, uh, even with our children, um, we have, ch- our children are all ha- have these autoimmune deficiencies um, allergies like crazy, whether it's asthma. I don't know one parent that has not used the nebulizer on their child, mm-hmm. but whether it's given to them because they have a bad cough and it's acute and maybe they never use it again. But I, almost everybody I've ever spoken to as a parent has used a nebulizer before. Asthma, when I was growing up, happened in like the projects. And it was because there was like cockroaches that lived in the homes mm-hmm. and it wasn't clean. Mm-hmm. And that was where the, the you know, and, 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 and I'm not profiling, but I think, I'm, am I accurate? In, in the pollution and, and so forth is much worse, of course. Right. Yep. And you could imagine most likely uh, with low income, you're going to have a, a quality of life, but not just that, the quality of food intake right. is going to be very low as well. Right. So it's a combination of all those things. But but asthma was not the norm. No, certainly not. Okay. Now, and and the peanut has become a lethal weapon. You don't mm-hmm. need a gun. This Just hold true. up a peanut. Right. And it's funny because I had a bar with me, and I took my son to the chiropractor yesterday, 
And I was eating, uh, I took a bite of the bar and had nuts in it. He goes, Mom, what if somebody here is allergic to nuts? I looked around. I said, everybody here is an adult. There's no issue. <laughs> and he goes, Mom, there are adults that are allergic to peanuts. And I said, yes. And they're very few and far between because this is your generation. Like our generation was um, our tonsils, right? Mm. Everybody got their tonsils removed. Right. This generation, everybody's got plugs in their ears and everybody has an anaphylactic uh, you know, a pen Epi in there, an Epi pen. Uh, you know, in in there, in there, because the the you can't even look at somebody now with a nut. You know, so all of these autoimmune diseases and stuff. What? Why? Why are we? Where are we now? And you mentioned also the spectrum. Why are our children not healthy? I mean, it's our children that aren't healthy, and then it's our elderly that aren't healthy. You know, my mother is seventy six years old. This happened to her at 69 years old. That's young. You know, I'm not Extreme. saying that it's fair. You know, look, no one should ever get it. But, you know, when you're 80 years old and 85 years old and you start to forget things and you get a little wacky, you know what? You're 80, you're 85 years old. God bless you if you had a right. good life. Right. But my mother is is trapped in her own goddamn body at, at 76 years old. And she's been living this, it's a fucking nightmare uh, for, you know, uh, I mean... Four years, a total nightmare, and the two years before that were pretty damn close to bad. Mm -hmm. So, like, why? I mean, that's young. You're not supposed to get dementia. That's an old age thing. 69 is not old. There's signs of dementia now happening in people in their 40s. That's right. Yeah. It's even younger and younger and and younger every year. And now do we have, so they say it's supposed to be plaque on the brain. Mm -hmm. So what causes the plaque on the brain? Uh, A a lot of things can cause that. Uh, The biggest one, in my opinion, is all due to inflammatory disorder from the foods that you're eating that your body can't recognize. So whether that's genetically processed food Mm -hmm. or modified food, that is, or whether it's it's too much grain in the diet uh, leading to too much inflammation, or whether it's too much dairy, wheat, etc. that's been highly processed, it is the processing of our food that has led us to the majority of our downfall. Well, it's almost like they call it now type 3 diabetes, right? Yeah. And they say that, and a lot of it comes from the gut as yes. well, right? Yes. So, you know, th- that would be something that I would encourage, especially parents that have children, um, you know, that are maybe on the spectrum or they think they might be on the spectrum or they have these autoimmune things or these quirks, if you will. And I say this as a, a, a woman that has gone through this, so I pass no judgment um, by any means. But I do encourage, and I have a doctor sitting beside me that can say that, you know, you, there are people that have, and I'm sure you do this, um, there are, you know, the GAPS diet, yes. um, all of these things where, you know, they have cured, and maybe not cured, but but certainly I, you know, I know a woman in particular, her son is autistic and she went homeopathic she went gaps she changed the whole diet she does all those things and now he does speak i mean he's still not you know of a a, quote unquote in the but it's amazing how far he has come right right? so if anybody out there you know and and i i posted something a couple of weeks ago um about um, ADHD and mm. and it, it was an article that said did the pharmaceutical companies create this you know disease or mm. whatever it's called 
Um, did they, they create this so that big pharma can come in and over-prescribe. So certain people responded that Medicaid, that people are over-medicated, that it's too quick for them to prescribe, um, and that they think that it's just a label. And then there were other people that said, I, myself as an adult, learned because my child was going through certain things. And when my child was evaluated, I learned I had it as well. Mm-hmm. And that it is a real um, problem. So what, I mean, all of these things, is you think it's just a product of our environment? Primarily, yes, I do. I think our intake is 80% of the problem. And the other 20% is lifestyle, being more sedentary and not moving nearly as much. All okay. these things combine together to coalesce into the perfect storm. Hmm. And it's creating havoc. I'm seeing far more increased rates of autoimmune dysfunction, right. um, you name it, dementia, Alzheimer's, etc. Uh, it, it's getting scary, and I think it's getting much, much worse. I mean, Perfect example is a question. Thank you. Sorry. Non-alcoholic fatty liver disease, um, yeah. which most people have never heard of. No. And you're going to That's start, terrible. You should at least know? be drunk if you're going to yeah. get that. Well, this is non-alcoholic. <laughs> right. So That's what I'm is, saying. You should at least right. get drunk. You should have in order to... Right. You should have at least enjoyed get, something. Right. This is the disease without the enjoyment, but it's caused by fatty infiltrates that, that end up coming into the liver and sitting in there. It's basically huh. waste that the liver can't process and get rid of well. That is a relatively new term, hmm. and you're going to start hearing more and more of that, about that. In the next 10 to 15 years, you're going to see 60-65% of the population easy diagnosed with wow. alcoholic fatty liver disease. Mark my words. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Well, you know what? We're, we're coming close to the end, but one more thing i got to ask you about. CBD. Hmm. What is your, what do you think about that? Uh, just like our statement before on there's a time and a place for everything, mm-hmm. CBD is one of those things that can work well for a select few people. But what you need to remember is CBD is, usually CBD1, is one of hundreds of endocannabinoids that our own bodies produce every oh, day. I didn't know that. Yep. You have something called ECS, an internal cannabinoid system, or so your body's making these things all the time. That's huh. why there's receptor sites within the brain for these things. So there has to be a deficiency in CBD1 production first uh-huh. before taking additional is going to make a big improvement. Uh-huh. Now, I've seen tons and tons of uh, hype and, and so forth. Right. And for some patients, it works really well. Everything from less for depression, et cetera, more for pain reduction. Uh-huh. And therefore, it's useful. Um, but what's misunderstood is you need a little bit of THC in order for the CBD to bind properly to its receptor site, which okay. means just taking CBD alone might be a little helpful, but it's nothing like the original plant. No, so okay. you need that small amount of THC. And I'm not saying, uh, you know, Maui Wowie with, with 38 and 40% THC. No, that's not the original plant. The original hemp plant had maybe 2 to 3%. Right. THC. And gotcha. a lot more CBD. It's like the carrier, if you will. Right. We, we have hybridized that plant. Well, we, uh, people that are enthusiasts, have hybridized that plant for its THC consistency. 
and they've forgotten about the CBD. Now the tables are starting to flip-flop and you're seeing hemp being produced mm -hmm. for, for its CBD one properties, uh -huh. but unless it has enough THC, it's probably not gonna bind or work properly. Hmm. That's very interesting. Um, what I was just gonna ask you something and it just went right out of my head. I was going on that. Well now, okay, going with that and it'll come back to me while we're talking about that. So now, right now, they're trying to ban vaping. Yes. Um, so a lot of people vape the uh, CBD. Um, <clears throat> what I have, um, my research that I've done, um, to my understanding, the thing that, that was causing these problems was the, they put vitamin E, mm -hmm. um, and it's called something else, mm -hmm. and that that is when you vape it, that's what's causing the lung issues. It, you cannot, there are certain oils that have a low heat of enthalpy, meaning they can't withstand any heat. Yep. In, in order to vape, you need to be able to burn that oil. Right. And if you've got the wrong carrier oil, if you're using polyethyl glycol or something along that, along those lines to burn it, yeah, you're going to cause all kinds of problems. Uh, which is why a lot of the kids that are vaping, usually they're not just vaping CBD, they're vaping, uh, vaping cigarettes. So right. when you've got nicotine in there with a carrier oil, it's often that carrier oil that gets them into trouble. Right. Because it's some cheap polyethylene glycol or something along those lines. Right. Well, and plus, that's still, people gave up smoking to do the vaping thing, and to my understanding, it's worse yeah. than smoking an actual cigarette, right? Yeah. And the bad thing is, is that you have young kids doing this. Right. I mean, I know people that buy it for their children. Um, you know, and, and, you know, people say, oh, well, I quit smoking and I vape. And it's like, you know, okay. And, and I mean, I guess, look, I hate the way cigarettes smell. So if you're vaping and you're not smoking around me, I'm actually happy. Mm -hmm. But it sucks knowing that it could harm somebody. Right. You know, but... I, I found, I know CBD has been like a big, um, you know, it's a big topic yes. at this point um, as to it, what it can do and how it can help you. And they have all these topical yes. things now that you can use like a lotion. Mm -hmm. And there are a lot of people, I have a girlfriend of mine who sells it and, you know, she has, she had shoulder operation and she uses that and it's the only thing that gives her any type of relief. Um, you know, so I, I think that. Like with everything, you have to research, right? Correct. And there, there's definitely a time and a place for it. It's just not the magical cure-all that everyone seems so to So they it. say that that's a huge um, anti-inflammatory. You're, you're not saying you're not with me on that one? No, it can be. Uh, it depends upon the kind of inflammation. There are multiple inflammation pathways in the body, and only some of them may respond to additional CBD1 within the body. And again, you have to have a deficit somewhere in order for that to be of great value. Mm. So it's kind of like um, taking additional, in your case, uh, a T3. If I wasn't low to begin with, T3, taking additional T3 is not going to really help me. Right. My thyroid's functioning fine. Right. It would be problematic for me to take additional. Right. Yeah. Okay. That makes sense. I mean, I, so, I mean, it's something to look into. Um, I mean, do you think they should legalize it? Oh, absolutely. I mean, it, it's, it's something that your body's making all the time anyway. Okay. I see. I never knew that. Mm -hmm. See, I learned. I learned a couple of new things today. But I'm. I and I'm. I'm very glad that to hear that. Hundreds and hundreds of other cannabinoid-like compounds that we're not even fully aware of yet. This oh. is, we're just on the very 
whisker thin edge of knowledge of CBD and how it's working. There's yeah. still a lot to be learned about that. I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, just so you guys know, um, they where where in Connecticut are you guys located? Stanford. Okay, night. What's the address? And it's eleven hundred Bedford Street. Eleven hundred Bedford Street. Um, <clears throat> so. I know that we we usually like to offer my listeners um, something special, right? So, Frank, what you were going to offer my listeners something special with the massage, right? Yeah, what we'll do is uh, come in or give us give me a call, mention it to her on the air, and we'll give them I'll give them a what I call an in-house special. An in-house special. See, we can't even okay. tell you. It's so in-house. That's the he friends can't and even, family discount. He can't even tell you what it is. <laughs> he can't even tell you what it is. All right. And now, do you? Now, what about if somebody wants to go and see you? Sure. If you have someone coming in from your your group and they don't have insurance that I accept, I'll knock twenty five percent off their first evaluation. Wow, that's pretty awesome. Now, do you charge for a consultation? Uh, no. If it's just a consultation on the phone, it's ten minutes or less, no charge. Okay. So you know, if if somebody is not sure um, and you want to give it a shot. Um, obviously a massage, you know, we know that's awesome, right? Um, and then, uh, if you, you know, want to speak to the doctor and see if maybe whatever it is that is, uh, ailing you, um, can be, um, addressed, uh, feel free. So what, where can they reach you? What phone number doc can they reach you? Sure. My number always has been and always will be 203-750-0853. Okay, and I will post that in the comments um, as well uh, so that you guys have it for social media. Is there an email that they could reach you? You can reach me directly at dr for doctor. V is in Vaughn or Victor. Bowman is my last name. So D-R-V-B-O-W-M-A-N. And it's at optonline.net. So O-P-T, the word online, O-N-L-I-N-E dot N-E-T. And Frank, how about you? How can they reach you? I have a work number is 914-844-9045 and the email is WPGM1960 at AOL.com. And I will um, put this in the comments as well once we sign off so that you guys have that information. And as always, if you can't, if you didn't get the information, just, you know, message me and I'll message them and I'll give you the information. My people talk to their people and, you know, we'll make it work. Right. Absolutely. Right? It sounds good. I know. I'm, I, I think I'm going to, I, I'm just going to hang out with Dr. Bowman like all day. I want to just, you know, it was I, a pleasure, Karen. A lot of fun. I, absolutely. And thank you guys. I both appreciate, I know Frank, we talked about this for a long time and it took a while to make it come to fruition, but we did it. Well, hopefully we can do this again or if you ever do a live event somewhere. We got no problem meeting somewhere in Westchester. You know, yeah. I'll do a chair massage, you know, 10, 12 minutes. And Dr. Bowman can do some consultations. Yeah. And, you You'll know. just talk, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You're good at that. You're good at that. We'll just also talk. assist me stretching you, so, you know. That's pretty cool. So there you go. So now we, we got all this. See, everybody that comes on my show has to do something special for, for our listeners. So you guys get the, the special because Frank wouldn't even discuss what it was. It's the special thing. So that's that's the Italian. That's, that's right. the Italian in him. You get the special discount. The doc threw it out there. 25%. You got it. But, you know, we got the Italian discount. Don't worry. I'll take care of you. <laughs> that's right. But Frank is a good guy. So I trust him 110%. 
Um, so I want to thank you guys so much for coming on the show tonight and uh, all of your knowledge and, you know, respecting the fact that I am a doctor on the radio. I you appreciate bet. that. Absolutely. And, and not uh, making me, uh, putting me in my, in my little <laughs> corner. <laughs> and I just want to remind everybody that we have a lot of great shows on MiamiMikeRadio.com. Mondays we have uh, DJ Luke at 1 p.m. And then we have Paulie, a.k.a. the Portuguese Prince, at 6. And then the first Monday of every month we have Mind Candy Mondays with Rob Mush. Tuesdays we have DJ Simply Nice at 1 p.m. Today we had George on George Cali, Cali, who I never say his name right, um, from 6 to 8. I'm not sure if that's going to happen every week. I hope so. Um, and then, of course, Real Talk with Karen Stacy is on at 8 p.m. on Tuesdays. I'm here every Tuesday night from 8 to 10. Uh, Wednesdays, we have the Loyal Listener Show with Hamilton, Zara, and Maymay. Thursdays, uh, we have Gino Caffarelli's back on again with Throwback from 12 to 2. Michael Anthony's Traffic Jam at 4 p.m. And then Frankie Mags at 8 p.m. Friday, we have DJ Simply Nice at 8 p.m. And then Tony Sanapi at 10 p.m. Um, Saturday, we have the Ghazi Show at 8 p.m. And Anthony Mangini's Dance Party at 10 p.m. Sundays, we have Anthony Grimaldi. Um, and also, a shout-out, it was Tony Sanapi's birthday. And they are going to be doing another birthday bash um, at Havana in the Bronx. So if you guys are around on Thursday night, go check them out. Frank's falling asleep on me again. <laughs> Thank you guys for staying with us, and uh, sharing is caring, so if you feel that anything we said this evening will benefit anyone, please feel free to share the video. Uh, I will be posting the um, recorded version so you guys can listen in the car, um, and so forth. So thank you guys so much for tuning in. Much love. Thank you to my guests. You guys rock. Pleasure. <laughs> All right, care. we're going to sign off on MiamiMikeRadio.com. Good night. I'll see you guys next week. Ciao.